Hello, my Rebels. Today we have a chat with Billboard Chris. He's the, I'm not going to call him an anti-trans campaigner. I suppose he is. He he goes and has sort of silent protests at trans events at drag queen story hours. And he just carries signs with basic, basic statements about what is a man and the kids can't consent. And he has one-on-one -on -one conversations. He, he says he's not even a protester. He just talks to people. Of course, he gets attacked for that. Fascinating interview, including when he was attacked in Vancouver and the cops just laughed at him. A special feature interview with video clips with Billboard Chris. That's today's show. But first, let me invite you to subscribe to Rebel News Plus. I want you to see the video clips. I want you to see him being attacked. I want you to see the cops laughing at him and not helping him. To do that, just become a Rebel News Plus subscriber. Go to rebelnewsplus.com, click subscribe, eight bucks a month. And by the way, we need that dough because we don't take any money from the government and we don't get any money from YouTube. That's rebelnewsplus.com. All right, here's today's podcast. Tonight, who is Billboard Chris and who is attacking him? It's April 4th. This is the Ezra Levant Show. Shame on you, you censorious bug. His name is Chris Elston, but he's known online as Billboard Chris. But what he does is he goes to protests or public events where people are targeting children for transgender transitioning, and he stands in stony silence with a simple sign. His signs include sayings like, children cannot consent. It's a silent witness to the madness of what's going on, and yet he's almost always attacked for it. He was in Florida last week speaking to legislators in that state about transitioning by minor children, by children of tender years, who are going through irrevocable, irreversible gender reassignment surgery, something that I think in future generations will be looked at as a horrific crime. Billboard Chris, as he's called, was back in Canada, standing quietly at a transgender event. He often goes to these drag queen story hours. And he was assaulted by a transgender activist. It's happening more and more. Here, take a look at this. Oh, hi. Friendly people here already. You are absolutely. Please don't push me. Thank you. Don't touch me. I'm just coming to my friends. Buddy, don't touch me. Don't get in my way. You don't have the right to stop. Absolutely don't touch me. Oh, here we go. I'm getting painted on already. Been here five seconds. And I'm already getting assaulted. Oh, I love it. Peaceful Antifa. Look at all these brave people with their masks on. Yeah, no kidding. Well, we'll talk more about that and we'll show more video clips. But joining us now live via Skype from the greater Vancouver area is Chris Elston. Chris, nice to meet you. I know you've talked to other rebels before. Have I accurately described what you do? And you attend these events in sort of a passive resistance kind of way. You're not a provocateur. You're not shouting. You don't engage. You, you're sort of... 
just uh, your presence there is, That's right. is your statement. Go ahead. Yeah, so I have gone to some of these events. Honestly, the majority of the time I'm doing, I'm just hanging out on this, very busy. I travel all around North America. I've been to probably 25 or 30 states and provinces. I go to a lot of university campuses and I talk to the students on campus. And the great majority of the time it's peaceful. But of course, what really makes the headlines are when I get attacked, which has happened numerous times. So sometimes I do go to these events. Sometimes I hold my own protests. But really, I wear these signs as a means of starting conversation. I don't strictly consider myself a protester. I'm out there having one conversation at a time about the greatest child abuse scandal in the history of modern medicine. Yeah. Uh, so tell me what some of your signs say. So my main message is children cannot consent to puberty blockers. That's normally on my front. Uh, sometimes I wear the one that says my definition of a dad, mm -hmm. which is a human male who protects his kids from gender ideology. And I've got some other signs for mainly when other people come out with me. Gender ideology does not belong in schools because that's where a lot of kids are falling into this. Children are never born in the wrong body is another message because that's what our kids are being taught. That just because they don't conform to regressive sexist stereotypes associated with their sex, that this must mean that they were born wrong. Yeah. What an abusive thing to say to a child. That yeah. right there is already ridiculous. But now they're medicalizing kids just because they're a bit different. It's totally yeah. insane. Um, and for simply holding those signs, and I've seen those signs, and I, I, I appreciate you, I mean, you, you told them to us verbatim. Those signs are statements of your opinion. Uh, I, I would imagine most people would regard them as statements of fact. Um, there's no insults. There's no derogatory terms there. There's no um, threats or anything like that. And yet you are constantly at least verbally berated and as most attacked. In fact, I, I think you actually still have a black eye right now. Yeah, I do. So I went to this event on Friday and I'd only been there for five seconds, literally five seconds. I saw my friend Pierre Barnes, who's an amazing man who has done more research than anyone in Canada about some of these pornographic books that are in schools. And he's exposed a lot of that. He sends a lot of emails to trustees and that sort of thing. But he was there by himself, surrounded by these hostile people. So I started to walk up to him and I couldn't even get to him because I was immediately assaulted. Someone came with a marker and marked up my sign and I ended up with a bloody nose out of that. So I called the police because there were no police there. And they came, I guess they were just around the corner. And so I knew right away, as soon as I started talking to the first officer, Constable Frederick Buckman, that I had a problem on my hands because I said to her, I should be able to walk freely in a Canadian park without getting assaulted. And she said, well, <laughs> yeah. so right away, I knew I had a big problem on my hands. Yeah, just incredible. Well, we played the first clip uh, of you um, with your friend, Pierre Barnes. I'd like to play the second clip. And this is the assault that took place. So here, this is a one minute clip. We'll be right back. Take a look. Uh, why, why do you think they're, they're, they're getting that kind of representation? I mean, it uh, clearly was uh, aggressive, violent assault. You suck. 
You suck. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're not wanted. Fuck you. You're you're a fucking idiot. You're a fucking. Idiot. I don't know what to say. Fuck I guess you. these police officers are mostly you. indoctrinated as well. Everyone here. They're afraid of the mob. Because you're a fucking I think, idiot. I think they're afraid you. that fuck if they you. do anything to fuck actually keep law and order, fuck you. that fuck you. they'll end up you. being fuck on the end of this verbal fuck abuse. You. So it's just cowardice from everybody all around. People probably want to know how do you keep your composure. What's up? Fuck you. How do you keep your Fuck composure? You. Fuck you! 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 I have to say, Chris, if you were any other demographic, if you were a transgender activist, if you were, and by the way, peaceful protest, not provoking in any way, if you were any other demographic group or if you were on the other side of this issue, I think not only would this be huge mainstream media news, but the police would have you know, called it a hate crime against you, a politically motivated crime. They might have even called it terrorism against you since it was violence in pursuit of a political objective. But you, you mentioned uh, the cop, Frederick Bachman, and um, just incredible. Uh, let's take a look at the officer. And by the way, Rebel News has a petition to fire Officer Bachman. I think the likelihood of that is low. In fact, if anything, the, the senior brass are rallying into her defense. Take a look at, the, at, at this cop and you tell me, is this someone who neutrally and impartially enforces the law? Take a look. Listen, I, I love the police. My brother's a police officer. I respect law and order. I respect our charter of rights and freedoms. And I'm not trying to be a, a jerk to you earlier today. I don't think a lot of you understand what I'm actually representing and the seriousness of this situation. But it is what it is, I guess. I just, this is Canada and people shouldn't be allowed to assault people without consequence, you know? But the thing is, right, um, when we get into people's faces Mm -hmm. and they get into our faces, it doesn't really matter who that's the first push. It's considered a consensual fight, and maybe that's something you should. I didn't. Hear. No, no. You. That's. I didn't get into people's faces. I was Chris, here for. I saw you you get weren't very close to people. You weren't here. And you weren't even here. I was. I came and walked. They, they surrounded. I came. O- I came over to your car. Yes, that first time. After. But the second time. They the second time what? Where you were pushed on the ground. Are you kidding me? I'd walked. We. I'd been walking away from them. Yeah, and they surrounded. To do an interview with him they came close i walked away okay. again to do the interview All with him is at this point, maybe they you surrounded your brother what a consensual fight no. is, right? oh my gosh this is unbelievable i walked away from them three times they were surrounding me you all were doing nothing a man um, yelled at my a man okay. yelled in my ear from inches away and i tried to get out of this situation where they're surrounding me while you guys do nothing and i immediately get punched in the face and you're blaming me? And whoever punched you should be charged. Are you kidding me right now? This is, no, this is totally surreal. I cannot believe what I'm hearing. Amazing. Amazing. 
Yeah. Totally amazing. Do you even know what, what, like, why are you behaving like this? Do you yeah, think I'm me. evil or something for having this position? Like, what's your problem? Yeah, you are female. And this should be Excuse an issue me. for you. This has too. nothing to do with you. Okay? What That's happened? Right. I'm a female. It has nothing to do with me, this trans thing. No, no. Nothing to do I, with women. I'm talking to somebody else about something, okay? No, it doesn't, these conversations are pointless right now. You're trying to. Now you're trying to insinuate that that was a mutual thing. Like, my gosh, mutual thing. I'd walked away from the crowd three times. They kept following me. Then they surrounded me from all sides, started yelling in my ear from inches away while you all did nothing. And then when I can't even get out of that surrounding and I get punched in the face, I get pulled. You're telling me that's a mutual engagement? Yes, it is. Incredible. Right, you have the right not to be here either. It's incredible. Right? So. And I have the right to be here. Yep. Yeah, yes, you do. You do. Have you read this thing called the Charter of Rights and Freedoms? Yes, I have. Have you? Yes, I you have. You should go home and read it again. Well, on whose orders are you guys acting on? I've never heard a cop talk that way before. She didn't even really feel like a cop. She felt like someone who was plucked out of some gender studies class, put in a uniform and told, go out there and, you know, propagate your ideology. Like... It wasn't just that she was political. It was just how unprofessional she was. And, oh, you guys are fighting. Yeah, you, you, you consented to that. You, you, it's a mutual fight. I, I got right. nothing. I'm not, I'm not going to get involved. I've, just, I've never seen anything like that before. It was surreal. The whole experience was surreal. And it's not just that. She called that a mutual fight. So I'm giving an interview. I've got people on each side of me screaming obscenities in my ears, inches from my ears. I did a little turnaround to film the crowd. I come back around and now they've kind of moved in front of me. And one of those screams in particular really hurt my ear because it was very close. And I wanted to get out of there, but I didn't even push him. I put a hand up to like protect my space because he's on top of me. Am I supposed to let him climb right on top of me before I do anything? And if you touch their pinky toe, they take this as a sign of aggression and they use it as an excuse to try to clobber you. So that's what they wanted. That's what the police wanted. As that assault happened, that police officer, Frederick Buckman was smiling away with her hands in her pockets. She later said to independent journalist Dan Dix that I instigated this by screaming at people. I recorded every single second. Excuse me, did you just say he came here to incite violence by forcing his opinion on people? Yes. You think he came here to incite violence because they got offended by his sign? When you what talk is to wrong someone with you? and scream at someone and he put didn't your scream face... at all. Yes, he, he didn't did. they put their face in his face. What yes. is wrong with okay. you? Okay. So are you saying the guy who How on earth did you become a police officer? She's literally what? sitting here saying that Billboard Chris is inciting violence by standing there with his sign. Is that really your position? Okay, sir. We're done with this conversation. Yeah, I thought so. I thought so. This is absolutely unbecoming of the Vancouver Police Department. Disgusting. It's it's insane. It's just a lie. He's just making stuff up. And now this went viral on the internet, but I I soon saw the deputy police chief chimed in, but not for the rule of law, not to say we're reviewing the matter, but... It was, it was basically a complaint. He was tweeting how outraged he was that people were mean to that officer, Frederick Bachman, and how he stands by her. So 
she's not under investigation. She, at least uh, as of last night when I saw these tweets by the deputy chief, and he's condemning any criticism of her. In other words, he's condoning her policing. Has anything changed since last night? Do you know? Um, do you know if this officer is, is is being scrutinized or reviewed in any way? Have you filed a complaint against this officer? I haven't yet filed my complaint. I will be. I've already been in touch with a lawyer, so I'll be doing everything I can to sue her or the Vancouver Police Department and go through their own channels as well with the police commissioner, etc. But she should not be empowered. She has previous complaints against her where an Indigenous woman had reported her 29-year-old son missing. And it turns out he had uh, done cocaine and it was laced with fentanyl and the fentanyl killed him. So this woman who seems to have no compassion, a classic cluster B personality, she showed up to the Indigenous woman's home, the police officer did, and in the entrance to the home, she said, first of all, your son is dead. And the woman who's already in a state of anxiety, this mother, collapsed to the floor. So the officer was reprimanded by this. She was found guilty of discreditable conduct or whatever by a judge. And I hear that there's more information that Rebel News is going to be breaking about this officer as well, but she should not be employed. Yeah. There's pictures of her in her kitchen. She has a calendar on the wall with a general for the Communist Party of China. So we're dealing with some strange individual here. Yeah, just absolute. Uh, it, it really is. If your gender diversity class was given a gun and a badge, um, it, there, there's a new, I mean, th this cop is quite something. Her name is Frederick Bachman, and we have a petition called Fire Officer Bachman. Like I say, I don't think they're going to fire her. I think they're going to promote her. Um, they're, they're just so ideological. Yeah. It's just truly shocking. Um, but putting aside the cop, I think that's a bad cop. I think that cop's going to shoot someone one day. Uh, I mean, I think that cop is emotional, can't control her own ideology, can't control herself, does not enforce the law, and has basically been... Treat, treat with impunity. Like I, I read that insane story. She's going to this Aboriginal family to to be part of a team to gently break the news that their son is dead. And he, and and I think there was a grief counselor there and others. And she just blurts it out like a weapon and just absolutely the wrong temperament. You know, I, let me just give you a quick anecdote. I used to work for a cop who became a lawyer, and we talked a lot about what it was like as a cop. And he, he explained to me, and I'm sure you know this, Chris, but it was news to me, that when they have, you know, uh, firearms training and, you know, the drill sergeant gets right up in your face and shouts at you uh, as, a, as a cop or a, or a soldier, that's designed to test your stress and your reactions in a terrible situation where someone's screaming at you and there's lights flashing and there's noise and there's, you know, in the fog of, of the, the moment. That is designed to test if you have emotional control. By the way, it sounds like you passed that test of emotional self-control when they were screaming right in your face. But it, this officer, Frederick Bachman, it sounds like she actually cannot control herself at all. When, when a citizen is being beat up, she smiles. When afterwards she says, oh, you consented to that. She lies about the fact, saying that you provoked the, fact, uh, the, the fight. And she, she obviously was so excited to tell this woman that her son was dead, she blurted it out and, and the woman fainted. This is someone who I think if they were not some progressive checklist on an equity hire, I think there's a diversity hire of Frederick Bachman, which is exactly why she won't be fired. I do not think Frederick Bachman is suited to have a, a gun and a badge. I think she's a danger to the public. 
a discredit to the force. So absolutely, they're going to keep her at all costs. That's my thoughts. But let's move away from her and back to the main story, which is the growing violence of the transgender extremist movement. I'm, ta I'm not talking about any particular individual person who has some gender dysphoria. I'm talking about these political activists. We had the, the mass shooting in Nashville a couple of weeks ago. What is happening with transgenderism? How did it get so bloody violent so quickly? So they've been violent the entire time. I think there just haven't been people out in the real world doing much. Now, I'll qualify that statement in a second, but I just want to say from the Vancouver Police Force, this is nothing new. I got assaulted back in October of 2020 when I first started my campaign and I was arrested right in front of the police officers. A union rep named Robert Ages came and hit me with two hammer fists and I was immediately handcuffed, taken to jail. I was charged with causing a disturbance and banned from walking on all these streets in Vancouver. In Montreal, I had my arm broken on St. Catherine Street, busiest pedestrian street in Montreal. Police did nothing to investigate. They told me two months later, they'd lost the street footage and couldn't do anything unless I got them the names of my masked and hooded attackers. I was mobbed by 200 university students in Ottawa with 12 police watching on, city councillors, and even an MP cheering it all on. As I was punched, had my signs painted on, got spat on, had my signs destroyed, and my car key. So the violence is nothing new. I've been assaulted about 25 times, but around the world, we're definitely seeing an uptick and what we have going on is we have these leftist governments and the media preaching that there is a genocide of transgender people going on. And you have all these mentally unstable individuals who feel like they're under attack simply because we have peaceful parents like myself who don't think we should be sterilizing and mutilating kids. So the media and the government have to take some responsibility for creating this environment where they're whipping these mentally unstable people up into a frenzy. You know, you're so right. And, and in many cases, they are on drugs including hormones, and you can imagine how that discombobulates a person. I, I, that uh, female to male transgender murderer in Nashville, um, I, can, you know, I can only imagine you're psychologically off balance to begin with. You've got uh, rage-inducing male hormones or steroids being pumped into your blood, and you're told that Christians and straight white cisgender males are out to genocide you. And you say that and a million people hear it and one or two of them are gonna say, oh my God, it's true. I must kill the genocide. I must kill this generation's Hitler before they kill me. I, th I think it, it is deeply dangerous and I think it's gonna grow exponentially as transgenderism grows quantitatively and qualitatively. What I mean by that is there's more trans, it's an explosion in transgenderism as as Bill Maher says, it's a, it's a kind of mind virus. It's, it's, it, mm -hmm. it's planted in minds. Here, here's a clip of Bill Maher, um, who's, who's a traditional California liberal, pointing out that this is so completely a man-made psych psychological virus. Hey, take a look at this. And this is a phenomenon we need to take into account when we look at this issue. Yes, part of the rise in LGBT numbers is from people feeling free enough to tell it to a pollster, and that's all to the good. But some of it is, it's trendy. Penis equals man. Okay, boomer. <laughs> Remember, the prime directive of every teen is anything to shock and challenge the squares who brought you up. It's why nobody gets a nose ring at 56. <clears throat> Thank you.
And if you haven't noticed that with kids, doing something for the likes is more important than their own genitals, you haven't been paying attention. <laughs> Dr. Erica Anderson is a prominent 71-year-old clinical psychologist who is herself transgender and who now says, I think it's gone too far. The L.A. Times summarizes, she's come to believe that some children identifying as trans are falling under the influence of their peers and social media. If you attend a small dinner party of typically very liberal upper-income Angelinos, it is not uncommon to hear parents who each have a trans kid having a conversation about that. What are the odds of that happening in Youngstown, Ohio? If this spike in trans children is all-natural, why is it regional? Either Ohio is shaming them or California is creating them. <laughs> it's like that day we suddenly all needed bottled water all the time. <laughs> if we can't admit that in certain enclaves there is some level of trendiness to the idea of being anything other than straight, then this is not a serious science-based discussion. It's a blow being struck in the culture wars using children as cannon fodder. I don't understand parents who won't let their nine-year-old walk to the corner without a helmet, an EpiPen, and a GPS tracker. <laughs> and God forbid their lips touch dairy, but... <laughs> But hormone blockers and genital surgery, fine. <laughs> Talk about a nut allergy. So you've got an explosion quantitatively in the number of people who claim they're transgender. And then you have the qualitative transformation towards radical activism. You see the shirts uh, with daggers. You see, see yeah. the opinion leaders with guns threatening violence against critics of transgenderism. I think we are in for some really tough times. I think this is the new Antifa. In fact, there's a lot of transgenderism in Antifa, isn't there? These are one and the same. Every single member of Antifa is also a trans activist. And basically, a ton of these young people who identify as trans would also identify as being a member of Antifa. I see them all the time. So what we've got going on is people like myself people like yourself because of the work you've done with Rebel and others all across the world are starting to speak up more. The entire conservative movement, especially in the United States, has woken up and we're winning. There are about 20 states now passing legislation. They've either passed it or they're pushing it through to stop the transition of children. And it's like if you're dealing with demons, as long as they're winning, they don't do anything. But as soon as you start to push back, well, they get really angry. So there's going to be a lot of gnashing of teeth and a lot of tears as we restore sanity to this world. And we've got a fight on our hands, but it's a fight we have to take on because we can't let this child abuse continue to happen to our kids. Well, can you, let me ask you one last question. And by the way, Chris, I really appreciate your time. And uh, actually, I got two questions for you. Um, my second last question is uh, your story and the video of this officer, Frederick Bachman, went viral on Twitter and, and on social media, it was a big story. Have any mainstream media in Canada interviewed you about this? Have you heard from the CBC, Global Mail, Toronto Star, CTV, Global, uh, or even the Vancouver Sun in your own city? No, of course not. Now, in a miracle, in a modern day miracle, CBC and CTV 
both wrote articles that were kind of okay. They didn't even call me anti-trans. They just said that assault had occurred against me. They oh, wrote so some they other kind did of nonsense cover, They didn't there. talk to you, but they covered the event right. without talking to you. And, That's right. And they, they actually acknowledged that you were the one who was assaulted. They didn't claim like this bad cop did, that you did, did any assaulting. That's right. And previously in Ottawa, when I had this huge news with all these university protesters and everything, I did interview with CBC for 18 minutes. I interviewed with CTV for 15 minutes on camera. And guess how much they aired when this was the top story on the news program at night? Zero. Not yeah. one second. Because they're only looking for something hateful to come out of my mouth to fill out their narrative. But of course, there is nothing hateful about this. So they just don't run anything at all. Well, your story, I know it's gone viral globally. I, I think it was in the New York Post. It may have been in the Daily Mail. I'm not sure if you were on Fox. Did you go on Fox News? I did. I was supposed to talk with Tucker last night, but I had huge border issues because I was supposed to film across the border and I couldn't make it in time. So that was disappointing, but he ran a segment on it. And I'm going to be on Sky News Australia and all people all over the world are talking about this. Yeah. I'm even going to meet with some members of parliament in Scotland. So, Well, I, you know, as, as so often happens, you'll get more and fairer coverage outside of Canada than in Canada. It was the same with the trucker convoy. Here's my last question to you, and I genuinely need your help to figure this one out. Why? Why is transgenderism being pushed by the establishment? Why is it being funded? Why is the media promoting it? Why are doctors inventing these treatments for this ailment? Why? What's the point? What's the purpose? What's, what's the strategic mission? Why are they doing this? It's a great question. So this goes back decades into academia where they taught that we have this thing called a gender identity, which may be different than your biological sex. And as long as this floated around in academic circles with some far leftists, wasn't such a big deal. But this has emerged now into the mainstream. And when gay rights were won, which fine, like give equal rights to everybody. I support that. But the goal, the goal for all these LGBTQ organizations moved. And we really shouldn't call them LGBTQ organizations. They're TQ organizations. The T and the Q have nothing to do with LGB. LGB is attraction, and a lot of gay people are against this because this hurts kids like themselves who didn't fit in. They didn't fit into the typical stereotypes growing up. A little effeminate boy is not a girl. He's a boy. And a girl who wants to climb trees and throw around a football and play in the dirt and hates dresses, well, guess what? She's a beautiful girl. But this ideology teaches that stereotypes determine your gender identity and that trumps your biological sex. So we have tons of money coming from all these nonprofits and from the government pushing queer theory into society and right, pushing gender why? ideology. I, and and I, I, I understand gender identity and I understand it, but I'm trying to see why, why, why. I understand why yeah. Black Lives Matter and I Don't Know More were useful political tools. Um, you can see Barack Obama, Justin Trudeau, they like to divide people based on identity groups and pit them against each other. Um, I mean, Trudeau did that even with the vaxxed and the unvaxxed. Is that what's going on here? To create a, a battle between the trans and the and the non-trans like like i just trying to understand what's the payoff why like so, i understand they're they're thinking can, why why are why is that something they're pushing for i just maybe i'm asking a stupid question but no it's a great who question benefits they're, from this? who benefits from it well pharmaceutical companies benefit to a degree there's this is a two billion dollar industry now it might cost upwards of a million dollars to transition a child and keep them on hormones for their entire life, never mind complications and all that. 
But this goes beyond just money. This is like a religion, Ezra. These people honestly believe in this gender identity. It's like they have a gendered soul. And they're brainwashed. They're indoctrinated. This is a cult which has affected all of society because the radical left are firm believers in this ideology. And the entire left is always held hostage by the far left. Because if they say anything against this, they're called a bigot. And that's like the worst thing you could ever call a leftist. And I know from about 11 or 12,000 conversations I've had on the street and at university campuses, more than 90% of the population supports us. This message is not that controversial. But in the political realm, it's totally different. You can't tell me that Nancy Pelosi doesn't know what a woman is, but she'll never admit it because the far left have held them hostage. And these TQ organizations, when they won gay rights, they had to keep the money flowing. They don't just shut the doors and say we accomplished our goals. So the goalpost moves move to transgenderism and they conflate these as being the same thing. And because these letters LGBT strike fear in the hearts of men and paralyze them and stop them from talking, they've had just free reign to grow this insanity with absolutely no barriers in the way. So here we are today, finally people speaking up and we got a lot of job, we got a lot to undo. We have a lot of damage that has to be undone. I should tell you before Elon Musk bought Twitter, the fastest way to be censored, and I'm talking within minutes, was to misgender or dead name a trans person. Misgender is to call a man who now transitions to female, to say he instead of her or to call him by the name their parents gave them as opposed to the name they chose. Yeah, I've, ne- I've never seen censorship that vicious, that hard, that, that strident. It, I, it just, and I've seen censorship going back decades, whether it's in the name of a, a political party or, or Islam or whatever, or I've, I've seen a lot of different kinds of censorship. I've never seen censorship as brutal and forceful as trans censorship. I've just never seen it. And, uh, Elon Musk has ended that in in general at Twitter. Well, I I, I said I only had one question, and I've, I've uh, my fourth question since I said that. But I am curious. I'll oh, ask good. you the same question, which is why? Why would you have eleven thousand conversations on the street? Why would you travel around city to city? Why would you subject yourself to physical abuse, whether it's shouting in your ear, threats of violence, or actually being choked, punched, you got a black eye right now. Like why, so why would you do this? I'm a dad, Ezra. I've got two girls, they're 11 and 13 right now. They were eight and 10 when I started this campaign. And like most parents, we exist for one purpose only, our kids. And I'm not okay with sending my girls out into a world that doesn't know what a woman is. But when I first learned about puberty blockers back in 2019, I read this term for the first time. And I said, what the heck are those? Yeah. So I looked it up. Well, they're exactly what they sound like. These are drugs given to kids to stop their bodies going into puberty. We're stopping the development of children. Oh, my God. You know, I can We cannot live in a society that does this. So it just, some people hear this and they kind of go, oh, that's wrong. But they go on with their lives. Some people, this impacts deeply. And it impacted me deeply. And I did not want to look back at my life in 40 years and say, I knew all about this greatest, most insane child abuse scandal. Yeah. Maybe in mankind's history. Yeah. And I did nothing about it. Yeah. I just wasn't okay with that. It really so feels... I have no platform. I just did what I could do. And I wanted to start conversations. Because like you said, freedom of speech has been erased. People have been afraid to talk about this. You couldn't even mention something on Twitter. 
but I wanted to start conversations in the real world, not just in our echo chambers. And I knew if I kept going and took all the abuse and everything, that it would grow into something because it just has to, and it's working. So thank you so much for having me out on your show today, Ezra. I really deeply appreciate it because if I can reach 100,000 people at a time or a million people at a time, it's much better than one conversation at a time, which I'm still going to keep doing. Well, I'm not sure if our audience is quite that big, but uh, we will certainly spread the word. You know, I, I have to say, sometimes you hear about old diseases that were thought eradicated and they come back. Um, I heard of a case of leprosy, which, which I had thought was eradicated. I suppose there are some places. And when you hear that, you're reminded that the world was not always as safe and happy as we live it in North America now. And I, when I hear of the physical disfigurement of children, it, I feel an echo that is thousands of years old before we had basic morality of the Code of Hammurabi, the, the Jewish Torah, the Christian New Testament, even the uh, the Muslim Quran, the basic codes, the you know Roman civil law, basic codes of conduct amongst people. I feel like there's a dark prehistory of child sacrifice. I mean, I know this. I, you know, it, the the proverbial throw the virgin into the volcano, um, the sacrifice of of people on the pyramids in Central America, which is what, uh, you know. Cortez and the Conquistadors saw. I feel like we are lapsing back thousands of years to a pre-moral time when mankind was much more animalistic. And you said parents live for their children. That's obviously true. And that's something that I don't think people who are not yet parents can truly understand how, how true that is. So imagine to invert morality. Imagine the, the dark forces that would literally say, no, children are not to be protected at all costs. Children are to be experimented on, to be carved up, to be destroyed and irrevocably changed. That feels like it is a return of a dark evil that we thought was gone thousands of years ago that is reemerging. And it is so gross and terrifying to me that's what it feels like. It feels like a flicker of a horrific past that we thought was eradicated like leprosy, but no, it's back. Don't mind me with those thoughts. Last word to you, Chris. Hey, the last word is very simple. There is no such thing as a transgender child. They're called girls and boys, and they are beautiful just as they are. No drugs or scalpels needed. Thank you. Chris, great to meet you. Uh, I encourage you to keep up your work. I hope you stay safe, but I know you deliberately put yourself in positions where that's not always possible. We'll continue to report on what you're doing with interest. We do have a petition called fireofficerbachman.com. We'll have the link beneath this story. And uh, we'll follow your pursuits, and uh, we will give you media coverage even if the others don't. And uh, I know you're in Vancouver, so you know our reporter, Drea Humphrey, who's on the scene there. Keep it up, Chris. Nice to meet you. Thank you, Ezra. Thank you very much. There you have it. His name online is Billboard Chris. His real name is Chris Elston. And you've heard how he fights. Stay with us. More ahead.
Hey, welcome back. Your Letters to Me, Relative Unknown, says, The thing about activism, it's all about the activist, nothing more. Basically, it means for untalented narcissists to get the attention they crave. They don't give an F about the cause. It's just the vehicle for potential FaceTime for these clowns. Listen, that's the case with some activists, but other activists deeply believe. I, I regard myself as an activist, and I can assure you I believe in fighting for freedom. It, it's not just a line. I mean, I went to business school, but I didn't go into business, really, other than the business of politics. Everyone in my business school class was hired by an oil company in Calgary. I went into law, but I really didn't practice law much. Everyone else in my law school went on to become a lawyer, and some are even judges now. So I put it to you that my activism is, is what I really want to do, and I believe in it. There are opportunists like Stephen Gilbo. I think he would use whatever the excuse was to master the world and have power over people, and in that case, to make a lot of money for the Greenpeace multinational corporation. Uh, he's a hypocrite. He has a car and a driver, and he jets around, so I know he doesn't practice what he preaches. Sheep Hunter 7 says, Out of all the major important things going on in the world, Rebel decides to rehash very old articles that were not really that newsworthy when they happened. <laughs> well, I'm going to politely disagree with you for two reasons. Number one, I simply did not know that uh, Stephen Gilbo did a home invasion bizarre stunt attack like that. Did you? And, and I'm going to guess a lot of our viewers didn't know. I think a lot of people knew about the CN Tower stunt. But, and I'm from Calgary. I didn't know that he did that home invasion. But I think it's relevant because it shows how pathological he was, how dangerous he was. I think it's relevant. Uh, listen, we talk about, an, we, we do 10 stories a day at Rebel News, more than that um, between our videos and our written stories. So yeah, forgive me that one day I talked about Stephen Gilbo, the pathological serial criminal who's in our cabinet. Look on the Bright Side says, Tucker Carlson made a good point when he talked about anarcho-tyranny. Now, I haven't seen that video when he talks about anarchy tyranny, but I can sort of guess that it means lawlessness on the streets, but authoritarianism from the government. I think that's what we have in many of our big cities, including Toronto and Vancouver, and I see evidence of it even in places like Edmonton as well. Well, that's our show for today. Until next time, on behalf of all of us here at Rubber World Headquarters, to you at home, good night, and keep fighting for freedom. Thank you.